Hey, what's going on? Greetings and good day, and welcome to the 105th edition of Birds All Day. My name is Drew Fairservice, and we are here uh, talking about your Toronto Blue Jays, who are currently in the middle of spring training. It's getting to that time of spring training where the players are all complaining about how long spring training is, which is which is my favorite time. Uh, it's my most it's my most favorite time of the year. Of course, uh, the World Baseball Classic is also in full swing into the second round uh, of exciting, exciting. Uh, passionate. What, what are the other, you know, kind of code words for uh, for Spanish or Latin that we can use? That people are are hooray or are so excited about. Uh, and and so these are the things we're going to talk about on this edition of Birds All Day. And and joining me to do so as always uh, as as always yeah. old reliable, Mr. Andrew Stoughton. Stoughton, how are you? I'm doing okay. We've got our patter crossed a little bit. Here. Yeah, yeah. Well, you got to switch it up every once in a while. It's true, you do. How uh, you're well though? How are you? Uh, I'm doing. I'm great. I was great until you reminded me that I was talking about uh, that, those passionate Dominican fans in a radio hit this week, and I was like, oh yeah. Well, sometimes you just <laughs> sometimes there's a nice big old crutch there, and you feel like leaning on it. Look, it's true that that is a bit of like a like a code word and about you know a kind of uh, racially codified language that it that goes. But at the same time, the game, the American game, or the, uh, the U.S. against the Dominican Republic, oh, yeah. was ins- it was insane. Yeah. There was a guy in the crowd playing a saxophone. <laughs> I mean, uh, if that's not passionate, I don't know what is. Is that the game where Marcus Stroman fucking just painted, was fucking amazing? He was uh, unreal. He was lights out, yeah. um, destroying a, a, an incredibly impressive um, uh, Dominican lineup full of... <laughs> The Dominican lineup is so good that they have their worst player playing shortstop and leading off, and it doesn't even matter. Like it, <laughs> um, but yeah, the World Baseball Classic has been great. Everyone, uh, this seems to be a lot of uh, excitement about it. Uh, the you know the there's the team Israel is kind of the the um, the upstart. People are getting behind the Dutch. Yeah, Dutch that, clutch. Yeah, I a lot of. Uh... A lot of familiar names from World Baseball Classics past that I'd forgotten about that I watched. I watched a little of them, like just handing it to Cuba the other day, uh, mm-hmm. for no really good reason. But uh, but yeah, but you know, Rick Vandenherk is pitching in this fucking tournament. <laughs> like it's it's wonderful. Who's the? Isn't there a guy, a Dutch guy that's like seven feet tall? Luke Van Luke? Mill. Yeah, he's yeah. seven feet tall. That's ridiculous. Uh, that's crazy. It's, and all, yeah. all this is going on while Ajax has reached the quarterfinals of the whatever Intertolo <laughs> Champions Bowl or whatever that, that thing is called. Yeah, I think I think it had been fourteen years since they reached a, a, a quarterfinal of a of a UEFA European tournament, which is uh, sad. Well, that's what happened. <laughs> I think the last one was the Champions League and not the whatever they call this big vase. Yeah, the milk big cup. Vase. Yeah. You gotta go get that big vase. Uh, better than my team, which you know I'm quite comfortable with the position of my team in the world. They're good, but they're not great, and that's fine. They yeah. win more of the games than they lose. The the, the secondary competition is, uh, you know, for a long time I sort of rolled my eyes at it. It's like, oh, that's for those have not teams, and, and mm-hmm. now it's like full on, like holy shit, this is exciting. They're in a quarterfinal. It's Ooh, like, I- yeah, we're we're one of them. <laughs> I hope we draw Fiorentina in the, in the quarters. <laughs> hey, they're, they're uh, we dangerous. Don't ha- Look out for them. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, Roma. Roma is really looking, looking, uh, looking strong as you know with uh, Francesco Totti still playing. So uh, one assumes we we've talked about him more than once on this podcast. I think I think he's great. I love it. Anyway, the spitting uh, thing I still have a problem with. This when he spit on a, another human being. Yeah, he shouldn't do that. That's not a, that's not ideal. It's it, it, the only thing would be worse than would be if he played for Lazio. Uh, we talk about the Blue Jays most of the time, <laughs> and in doing so, uh, we are a listener-supported podcast. Somehow, still after more than a hundred episodes, uh, and we value and uh, and appreciate everyone who has uh, opened their wallets and their hearts to let us in and to keep us going. And if you'd like to join them, if you like what you hear and you like banter about semi semi obscure European soccer teams and. Uh, and lots of uh, codified racial language, you should join them. And you can head over to <laughs> patreon.com slash birds all day and kick us a couple bucks a month 
and, and we'll keep going and we keep going and recording these things and the season is about to uh, kick into high gear once these uh, the dog days of of spring are over once once the world baseball classic is over and the whole team's back together um uh, you know then it's home stretch it's just pray that everyone stays healthy uh hope they don't smash their face off the ground when they're sliding into second base or anything like that mm-hmm. but uh Yes, you can go to Patreon. You can support the podcast, and we're really appreciative of everyone who's done so. Uh, people who join us, we'll go. We'll give you. Uh, you know, we we've talked a lot about. We we did an event last year where people came out, and we did like a live show. And and uh, of course, everyone's welcome to come. And we look for more opportunities to do things like that. To do to create some exclusive content, maybe some video content, maybe do some some other stuff to uh, sweeten the pot if that's what you're interested in or you can just support the things you value and you don't we don't have to ask anything of you some people don't want to come out and hang out in a dingy bar a uh, dutch bar actually so it's not dingy it's cool yeah it was once i wouldn't what? go nuts it, it, the dutch bar i mean it's not really a dutch bar it's just a bar but the bar that shows the dutch game they did they did i think during the last world cup i'd try to put that out of my memory it's much easier <laughs> to put the last euros out of my memory but yeah, very, very easy to yeah. do that. And perhaps um, the next World Cup, for fuck's sake. <laughs> At least there was an election there. This is the Dutch podcast. <laughs> there we go, yeah. The Dutch clutch. Dutch dreams here. On, hey, uh, I think their starting left fielder against Cuba plays uh, in the Can-Am League somewhere. I forget the man's for name, him. but uh, I was like, huh. Can-Am League star right there. Like future Blue Jay Eric Gagne. He played in the Can-Am League last year, didn't he? I believe he did, yeah. Future Blue Jay Eric Gagne. Uh, and if you uh, so yeah, Patreon is there, and of course all the other usual ways of catching podcasts are there. Podcatcher and iTunes and Stitch and everything. Uh, and you can go to SoundCloud.com/slash/BirdsAllDay, and that's where the podcast kind of lives in as close to a physical form as you could ever get. Grab that RSS feed, throw it in wherever it needs to be thrown in uh, to your RSS feed catcher of choice, or you can go to iTunes. Uh, we have a lot of lovely and and uh, and, and uh, generous reviews. And uh, ratings over at iTunes, so you, and you can join them as well, uh, fair listener, by ra- offering a rating. You don't have to be honest. If anything, I would encourage you to not be honest at all. Uh, just say the things that you think other people would want to hear. We're kind of trying to start a cult here, basically. Our little little collection of uh, Blue Jays fans on the internet and beyond. All right. Okay. Speaking, speaking of the yeah. internet and beyond... <laughs> There are uh, there are incredibly important things to talk about, like Aaron Sanchez's contract. Woo. So a debate which rages exclusively on the internet. Actually, no, it doesn't. This is real. This is real things here. So uh, the Aaron Sanchez saga. Uh, Stoughton, would you like to bring us up to speed on the uh, the latest in the Aaron Sanchez saga? Well, I don't know if I've caught every one of Scott Boris's uh, media appearances in the wake of this saga. Uh, but yeah, the did he did he like do the full circuit today? I thought he was going to be on with Scotty Mack on TSN. He was, was he was on with Scotty Mack. I assume there was more. I mean, he talked to to Sportsnet. They had the exclusive comments first that you know he was running the Jays into the ground about uh, their outdated policy, which is the the basically you know when when players are pre arb, the the team can dictate what the salary is. There's not really a negotiation. You know, the team sort of has the right to. There's a major league minimum, and that's. You know, they, they usually will bump up the pay that a guy will get if he has, you know, extraordinary performance, which apparently the Jays uh, offered to Sanchez, but it was not a significant, sufficient enough bump for the Sanchez camp. And the Jays apparently as a team policy say, well, if you're not going to accept the, the amount that we're offering you, uh, you're going to get the league minimum and sort of to make a big show about it. Uh, Boris and, and Sanchez decided that they would take the league minimum because they wanted to have a negotiation and the Jays didn't. And this was their only sort of way uh, to make that known. And to it, it, it sort of is just a PR strategy where I, I think Boris is trying to make the Jays uncomfortable and, and do things, uh, you know, change, perhaps to change the policy or perhaps to rethink what they do with Sanchez next year. Uh, and is just making a lot of noise in the hopes that it's eventually going to bring some extra money his way. Well, I mean, there is a precedent, right? Mookie Betts um, re-upped for, like, he got over, just over a million, I believe, similar to uh, what happened with Mike Trout, of course. Um, I guess the Jays were not willing to go that far. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and uh, obviously you want to see the player get paid. It's not, I don't know. 
it's tough because I, I'm uh, my I reflexively I'm going to side with the player. Like yeah, he should get yeah. his money. He should, but, I think. Yeah. But was Aaron Sanchez's performance exceptional in a way that, like, say, Mookie Betts's performance was? Like, Mookie Betts came second in the MVP vote. Did he not? <laughs> Aaron Sanchez like, led the American League in ERA. <laughs> he was 18 and 2. He was, you know, I think four wins by Fangraphs, five by Baseball Reference. He had a very good year. All right. Okay. He took a, he took a demotion, uh, which meant, you know, giving up big league salary for a couple weeks uh, in order to, you know, make the numbers manageable while the Jays tried to, to you know, game the system to, to manage his innings a little bit. He was a good soldier about that, supposedly. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, as much as I'm sort of shitting on Boris, I mean, that's the kind of shit that he should be doing to try to get his client as much money as possible. That's, and, and that's, I think something that we should all be, uh, so lucky as to have a Scott Boris in our corner. And, uh, and I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think Sanchez should get more than the league minimum. Uh, I just don't think that this issue is, you know, as big as, I think we should understand this issue for what it is, which is Boris making noise to try to get himself more money. It's it is the long game, of course, and and I guess that's the the thing I guess the Blue Jays are protecting against, of course, is is starting that at Arb escalator at an even higher rate than they need to, right? Where if he gets a million in pre Arb, then his arbitration reward will be significantly higher. And as a super two, is he, he's not super two, is he? He's not. No, no Stroman is no just not Stroman. Yeah, so he, then it starts starts to really build as it goes, uh, you know, down the line, which is all to say that like. We're now just counting down the minutes until Aaron Sanchez signs with the Angels as a free agent. <laughs> Perhaps. But he has to play with Mike Trout. Isn't, uh, Trout will be gone by then. Yeah, you think so? Well, he'll be a free agent at the same time. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, that's sort of the way people want to spin it, right? Like, oh, what about this? What does this mean about this relationship? It's like, well, they have him for four more years before he's a free agent anyway. Mm-hmm. And the fact of the matter is, I mean, there is some, there's some wiggle room in... in it, with respect to you know, personal issues or, or the fit of a team that is going to change whether you know a guy comes back or not, chooses to re-sign here, chooses to sign an extension here or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like uh, uh, Strasburg, Steven Strasburg was a, is a good counterexample to what everybody thinks about Scott Boris is that he'll never have a client that will you know not choose free agency, and Strasburg didn't. And part of it is because you know I think he was just comfortable where he was. So maybe so that th- those issues aren't nil. But, I mean, it's, for the most part, it's just, it's, they're going to sign the contracts that are in their financial interest. That's what they're, they're there to get paid. And then when you have a, Boris as your agent, that's what you're telling people. I'm here to get paid. And so, I don't know, people want to make a big deal about what it could mean in the future because that's an easy thing to talk on the radio about and to write a newspaper, you know, shit out a fucking column about. But it's, I mean, if, if the Jays offer him down the line a, a contract extension that is, that meets his needs and is with, is in his financial interest, he'll take it. And if they saw, offer him the biggest contract when he's a free agent, he'll take it. And if they don't, he won't. And that's, I mean, that's true absent all of this other noise. With a different agent, that's true. You know, that's just, that's how it works. Boris plays that game a little bit differently or a little bit more uh, publicly, I think, yes. than a lot of other people. I think oh. he doesn't mind being uh, in front of a microphone, for one. He may enjoy the sound of his own voice, as it turns out. The look of his his own visage <laughs> on uh, on Sports Center and the like. Uh, no, you're absolutely right, and and I think that there uh, it is easy to make um, too much of this, and and I, it got, cuts back to something that we've talked about a little bit um, over the last few months, which is the way that we on the outside view these contracts, where you know if if we view it in a way that. Sanchez is cool on the Blue Jays means he's less likely to sign a contract at a lesser dollar amount like he's less less likely to take a hometown discount or do whatever which is um you know which is seems to be the thing that fans want because you want the team to be able to afford to make itself as good as possible but at the same time it's like get get your money Aaron Sanchez get it get it all mm-hmm. don't do what Tim Lincecum did or got uh, you know a million other guys like him who have I mean, it's you know you could go both ways. There's a, for every Tim Lincecum who maybe missed out on forty or fifty million dollars in in earnings, there are the guys who have signed signed contracts that will never get them paid. You know what I mean? Like they're just going to completely like oh not you know they're going to miss their window 
because they'll have signed such with all these. I mean, even Chris Sale. Like, what's Chris Sale's next contract going to be like? Mm-hmm. He's going to be old. He's and he will have accepted a vastly lower number than he could have potentially earned. But you know, two birds in the hand, right? I don't know. The most important thing is, I think Aaron Sanchez came out and said all the right things today. He talked about wanting to work hard for his teammates and the fans, and most importantly, like don't, I would just don't want you don't want to see it deter to take away from his work and i don't think that that's going to happen he certainly has a strong reputation as a hard worker uh which i think last year showed the (laughs) benefits of that put on that man weight yeah gotta get that man weight but (laughs) but i liked what ross atkins said about it which is something you you said before about these sort of things uh, i think you know over the course of the winter where he he was like you know this is one percent of of our relationship with aaron is dealing with this kind of stuff and the rest of it is you know what are what are we doing to make you better every day? That's their mantra that they learned from the Spurs, which I would roll my eyes at were it not the San Antonio Spurs, who are mm-hmm. fucking incredible. Uh, and and you know that uh, the their their goals are very much aligned. Uh, on, you know, ninety nine percent of the time, which is I think absolutely correct. And and fans lose sight of it and and can get weird about this contract stuff, especially just the way that the CBA works and the way that it's like, well, we're just going to tell you what you get paid. Uh, I mean, whatever. So, you know, so, so does everybody else in the damn world. So. This, there has been, there was quite a few things written this week about that get better every day kind of culture in uh, Steve Pierce. Um, I think, I think it was Benny Fresh or maybe Shy Davidi that had a story about Pierce coming here and, and learning about the different ways to work your body, his body, and not kind of just slamming plates around and going bananas as long and as hard as he possibly can. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and again, this is we're getting into you know year two or year two, yeah, this yeah. is year two of the of Shapiro and everybody. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see how those things start to um, uh, manifest in terms of guys learning to to manage their body a little bit better um jose bautista i don't know where where who wrote about this was it was it um somebody wrote about bautista doing like blood tests every week and doing like stuff that sounds a little bit like bullshit to be frank. <laughs> yeah somebody was that oh it was on was it was on fangraphs or was it oh that's no, right yeah, yeah it was on fangraphs i think it was uh, travis uh Sochik, the, yeah the that's guy that, right the former the guy that wrote the, the pirates book yeah and he writes for fangraphs now and he wrote a thing about and, and and you know, it's encouraging. And again, it's 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 the way that Bautista is a bit of a strong role model because he does take really good care of himself and he does invest in himself, right? I mean, winning is mm-hmm. a byproduct of of that good preparation and the ability to put his own body in a good position to succeed and to net the benefits of that. Um, uh, but it does sound like it opens the door a little bit to kind of like junk science and and quacks and things that <laughs> people that are selling, you know, oh, we're coming to get this blood test. We got to check your, your, um, uh, you know, your blood sugar or whatever else. And he changed the way that he eats. And again, that stuff is great for me. It's, it's funny because if Bautista is doing it and he has agency in it, he's like leading the charge to me, that's okay. If, if teams start trying to dictate that kind of stuff and teams are really being like, we're going to test your blood once a week and we want to test your body and do this kind of stuff. That's a little creepy, but so hopefully, yeah, a little it's bit. The Jays the are just kind of like do what you need to do to be ready, uh, and not being like we're going to come, Steve Pierce. We're going to make sure you're living clean, um, which is <laughs> but, odd. But that's that's coming, right? Wasn't there an agreement with the, the company that makes like you know biometric monitoring uh, equipment that that uh you know is already in place in it with uh, i think the nba and the nhl maybe but they're not allowed to wear it in games but mlb is allowing players to wear it in games and they're uh fuck, i forget where it was but i read it there was a, a pretty detailed piece about the uh this week or, or last week probably this week about the just where the Moneyball revolution is now in terms of like trying to find that uh you know the the classic uh, market inefficiencies and stuff, and I think a lot of it might be in in like what the Jays are doing with high performance and and mm-hmm. and all this exact stuff. You know, trying to, you know, if you can if you can get Jose Bautista on a bargain and then have the equipment and the and the systems and mechanisms in place to to 
keep him healthier for longer and have him defy aging. I mean, that's a, that that's just extra value that you're adding to your team. It's true, and uh, it's just a matter of like walking that line between you know the kind of creepy invasive. Uh, uh, nature and what could be construed in some ways as like eugenics in a way where it's like, well, you, you're 17 and we can tell that you're going to be a great athlete. So here you go and no, you, you don't have the right DNA strand. So you're out of luck. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it's that and the mental too. They, the Red Sox have a sleep coach and like all this other kind of mm-hmm. rest and learning about the bodies. And I think another big thing for maybe the Blue Jays are kind of one of the teams that are sort of in the middle is the managing travel, right? Which kind of comes back to the sleep coach thing. I mean, the teams on the West Coast, Seattle, travels more than anybody in the game. So they're a team that needs to really be able to manage travel and sleep and, and get their get their bodies and their minds ready to compete, ready to answer the bell every single day, which is um, very difficult to do. And I think it's... Probably the most underrated part of, of just baseball playing and baseball player existence where uh, and, it, and it comes back to the World Baseball Classic debate a little bit, which I don't know that you could keep that up for 162 days, having that kind of insanity in the crowds. I mean, I, I couldn't. I couldn't match that. I couldn't. How you, can you bring a saxophone to the ballpark <laughs> every single day? Can you go to work with a throbbing headache because you were screaming and yelling all night long? I could not do that. 80, 81 days a year or however many days. is is there? Does that fan base exist to, to keep it going for 162 games in a year? Saxophones and drums and whistles and parades and racism. <laughs> That's a, part of the World Baseball Classic. It's a lot of well. games. It is a lot of games. You're not wrong. Uh, so another big debate this week, uh, again, off of the field and onto the internet. Was the MLB TV thing, which is ongoing today? Uh, so there was the will they, won't they? Are the Jays going to be blacked out on MLB TV? Is Rogers pushing everyone to, to buy Sportsnet now? Uh, it is. It is. It's a really easy debate to take a really strong position on. Um, but but it's also hard to not sound like an like a really entitled. Be like I should watch what I want when I want it. Um, but it it's it does it's it sucks. If, if that is the route that you went and bought MLB TV think, thinking like, I'm going to watch the Blue Jays, and now you're not able to, no good. If if that's even the case. Oh, that's the other thing about this is nobody seems to have a straight answer. People from MLB TV are telling uh, interested parties who are reaching out, being like, are the Jays going to be blacked out on MLB TV because they haven't been in the past? And they're being told yes. But then uh, Leslie Mack, I believe, Leslie is her name, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Blue Jays fan, Twitter interactor, uh, all around good human being. She was involved in these emails and she sent, uh, uh, reported her findings. And then apparently then she was getting conflicting messages from people within the Blue Jays organization and people um, within the Rogers organization saying like, no, 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 we haven't said anything. We haven't asked. Um, so it's a, it's a little bit of, uh, he said, enormous corporate monolith said. Yeah. But uh, it, 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 has a, it has a chance to impact a lot of, a lot of people. I mean, I, I get why, they, if, if I'm Rogers, why I want people to subscribe to Sportsnet now. Um, and I also get why fans wouldn't want to do that, because it's pricey. It's pricey, and it's, an inf- I'm sure, an inferior product, because how could it not be inferior to the perfection that is uh, MLB.TV? MLB.TV is fucking incredible. It's great. And and anyone who, who's used Game Center Live or Rogers' website uh, or, you know, anything that Rogers touches knows that it's probably going to be shit, whatever they are trying to foist onto people for $24.99 a month, as opposed to, you know, 112 or whatever it is for the full season of, of uh, MLB.TV. Uh, I mean, it's their, it's entirely their right. It's so the, This is the weird thing. I spent a lot of the, the day, actually, like, we didn't, I didn't realize until we, you, we came on uh, the old Skype machine to, to start the podcast that there had been conflicting messages, and I, I'd kind of sat there all day, I mean, partly because I've written about this already uh, when, you know, because there have been whispers about whether or not these games are going to be blacked out or not this season and, and uh, before. So I've kind of said my piece anyway, but I, I just stared at a blank screen for a really long time trying to figure out what to say about this because, I mean, you know, cord cutters are not going to elicit a whole lot of sympathy, I think, understandably, because it's not like people are cutting their... It, it, it's not like the snobby hipster 
I don't even own a TV thing. It's like, no, I still watch TV. I just don't pay for it in a traditional way. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I don't think that that people don't have a lot of sympathy for for that. Because sometimes occasionally it means uh it means skirting the <laughs> skirting copyrights and and you know uh not paying your fair share for the co- the content you value which is a shitty thing to do uh but it, it part i mean partly it sort of began as a thing where there weren't these alternatives and now we're living in a world where there are wonderful you know netflix and hbo go and all these you know all these all these alternatives where you can watch the stuff that you want and pay for it and pay a reasonable price i mean that was kind of the beauty or that is the beauty of MLB.TV, is that $100 a year, or whatever it ends up being, 112 115 something like that, it, it, like that is that is completely fair, and that is a, you know, a, a great price to put on being able to watch any baseball game, any archived game, your local team especially, uh, for you know on any device that you want i mean that's that's just that that is a price point and the technology is perfect and just everything about it is perfect and that's i think why so many people have been so fond of it and get worried about the jays moving away from that because it's just it's uh it's a great content delivery system for a reasonable amount and uh and rogers obviously uh within their right to want a bigger slice of the pie uh but it just it you know it would suck if that's what they end up doing because people have gotten used to something good and now you're going to give your, your consumers an inferior product for more money and it's just it's a big fuck you to people. I, I really think that, for me, that's the beginning and the end of it is is the product is not the same. It's not of the same quality. No, nobody is. There's a we reason say, that We I, say that, but I, like we don't know, but we know. Come on. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I've used, I've used uh, Sportsnet now for soccer and stuff oh, often. Wow. Yeah, yeah. But I use it through my laptop, then I have to like plug it into my TV, which is far from convenient because uh, I don't have a, I mean, I don't have an Apple TV or anything like that. I just got a smart TV not too long ago, but uh, there is no Sportsnet Now app for, for the TV, which and it doesn't yeah. work on the PlayStation as well. So the, for me personally, that's a big deterrent. Like I... I I have those these devices that are connected to my TV, and and I like to be able to use those. And, and on top of all the other stuff, the you know, uh, in talking with people today on Twitter and things like that about it, was um, the ability to change your audio feed, or the ability it's to amazing, change the yeah. video feed, or to yeah. use use the audio from one and the video from another. Like that's incredible. Or you know, especially early in the year when everyone's super excited, you know, I'm watching two and three and four games at once. Uh, which I can do with MLB TV. I got the Jays on here, and if the Giants are on the East Coast, I can watch them at the same time. Or you know, again, so if I'm spending X number of dollars for me in the summertime, it's you know Jays in the Jays while I'm getting my kids to bed or cleaning the dishes or whatever, and then I'm, then it's Giants in the Giants late at night. Uh, to me, that the, the, you can't beat that. But <laughs> yeah, with but the Sportsnet now product doesn't have that, so now I'm having to double up. Um, it's. And, I mean, it's 2017. We don't want your streaming cable TV channel. Like there are, there are better ways to go about consuming this stuff. And that well, is, I mean, that, that, that's what that, gets, gets people. I think. Yeah. I think that's the other. There's a, there's an element of that too that you're paying like a very premium price. You're paying more than you would pay for HBO or the, some of the more premium channels. But HBO is commercial free. When you're paying for for Rogers for Sportsnet now, you are what you do watch the commercials because you're just watching a, a feed of the thing that goes out to broadcast which is again you know it's the way it works and a lot of it's going to be promos for their own content but but uh it is a lot to ask for people to pay for something that is not commercial free and and i think we what we've seen with the upstarts that are trying to challenge netflix here in canada and other places is that uh, number one when the technology really works it is really tough to beat and and netflix runs a really you know they're they're all their technology works insanely well um, it, it, I remember having like a really shitty old computer that basically nothing worked, and Netflix still ran amazing on that computer. Like it was really lean yeah, and mean, yeah. and and uh, and that that goes a long way. You can only you can only ha- lean on your exclusive content so much before uh, the technology sort of makes a decision for a lot of people. So again, I, I've tried I've, I've tried to not. It's easy to be like fucking Rogers and goddamn cheap bastards. That's not really productive. I've tried to have a bit of perspective on it, but at the same time, uh, you know, I'm pretty loyal to that MLB.TV product because it's so 
so wonderfully good. It's it's ridiculous. And the other thing is, and the the analogy that I made when I wrote about it the first time was mm. thinking about when uh, you know Napster and and down, MP3 downloading became a thing, uh, and you know music companies are still charging twenty five thirty dollars for a CD when the consumers are telling them this is not how we want to consume it, and that's certainly not a price that we want to pay it pay mm. for it. Uh, and they just they quickly you know made themselves completely irrelevant. Uh, and that, that's the thing too. If Sportsnet, if Sportsnet now was ten dollars a month or eight dollars a month, like if I could do the Blue Jays season for sixty bucks, I would. I think you would get a lot less griping about this than the fact that it's you know twenty five dollars a month. I mean that's it's just that it, it's that much more noticeable. I, I I think you would still get griping because of exactly all the stuff we talked talked about because of the the quality is not going to be the same. You know you're not going to be able to mute. Buck and Pat and listen to the radio or listen to the opposing broadcast or do all those things or watch all the other games or, you know, watch it on all the devices that you want whenever you want. I mean, it's just, it's so well put together that, you know, you would still get griping. But if they were going to foist something like that onto people, uh, the price, the price is just, I mean, that, that, that just doubles the, the potential for people, you know, getting outraged about it, uh, which like I say, it's, I think it's Roger's right to do it. They are, they're the broadcast rights holders but i think everybody who's a fan kind of feels like a stake in the team as well and then part of their success is like is 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 maintaining this great fan base that they've that they've cultivated over the last couple years with their play on the field but also i think the accessibility of the games has been a huge benefit a, a huge asset for them as well so uh i mean that's getting into territory where it's like do i really you know when it comes down to do i really believe that <laughs> like do I, like that it's going to put a dent into like the blue jays brand if they if they make it a little more difficult for a, a, what however and many people have uh, you know cut their cords for for cable tv to make it to to watch games I, I don't know i don't know what those numbers are i don't think the cable tv people want you to know what those numbers are mm-hmm. uh i know anecdotally at least where you know where i am or where i have been in toronto in downtown toronto there are a lot of people who uh, who are not paying for cable that's for sure and i, I think that's probably uh, just the, that's that's maybe more of that culture, and I know that if you if you go to other parts of the city and other parts of the province and smaller places, there's still you know cable cable TV is still king. But I mean, when you're downtown, you point a satellite dish in the right direction, you get as many channels as you get on like Rogers, you know, most basic basic cable package that they've started offering. You know, you can get like 20 channels plus. You can get Netflix for eight nine bucks, and and you could get MLB TV for you know ten bucks a month or not even, and and you know you're set. You can watch all the sort of, all the stuff that you could possibly want to watch. None of it illegally, and you're you know you're not paying anything close to what cable TV costs. So there, there's there's lots of reason for people to be cutting those those cables. So I think there's a lot of those people out there, uh, but I still don't know how much it would actually put a dent into their into their overall business. But I would hope that they're cognizant of that at the very least. And this is a move that that if they do it, suggests that maybe they're not. That's good. That's a good point. I wonder how much of that this is like forward looking where. The price point is set now, but if if the if they look ahead three and four years, it won't. It'll look maybe a little bit more manageable, and there'll be a little bit more choice. But to me, it comes back to uh, uh, the whole like, if I, if you're gonna let me buy things a la carte, I want to get them actually. Like that's what buying a baseball exclusive package like MLB TV does. I'm buying mm. it, something truly a la carte, and while I would appre- I appreciate the ability to watch. Uh, soccer on the weekends or to watch uh, you know basketball and and stuff when I when I can uh, I still feel like I'm paying for things I don't use frankly. yeah it, it's true but the, and the other thing is you know we're coming at it as Blue Jays fans and baseball fans and, and frankly you know Rogers is a cable TV company or it's a, it's got a lot of it's got a lot of dogs in the fire but uh, dogs in the fire yeah why are the <laughs> why are the dogs in the fire I think they're hot dogs I don't know they're irons in the fire or dogs in the fight. <laughs> I yeah, there's probably it's that's probably correct. I, it, it's a frisky dingo thing. They, they, there's definitely a dogs in the fire quote. Oh okay, but but anyway, anyway, I mean, I mean, having uh, having had the experience as, as I know you have as well of working for a cable TV station, uh, you know, the forward forward thinking with technology is maybe not their forte. I don't know how, how much things have changed right now but i mean i can i could see them being like this is a way to drive people to our failing cable business right like people are cutting their cords here's we have a here we have a carrot that can lead them back to to sweet sweet cable tv mm. uh, or something similar and the you know and 
any of this stuff is just kind of quaint where we're talking about, you know, the Blue Jays brand and the customer service for these baseball fans. It's like they're seeing the, you know, the cable industry die and are looking for a way to, to you know, basically use the fact that they can perhaps force people into, into back into this product that they don't really want. And, uh, and hopefully that's not what they're doing. Uh, but I suspect that that's, you know, <laughs> that's a bigger element than, you know, I think they're probably thinking about it on that level more than they are, uh, you know, about specifically the Blue Jays. I think maybe that's, it's a, it's a Sportsnet decision if that's what it ends up coming down to. But hopefully the people, uh, the people who are saying to, to Leslie that, you know, no, no, nobody said anything about it. That's not a, that's not a thing. Hopefully they're correct. And we continue to be able to consume in the way that we want. It's a, it's the humane way to go about it. I think. Another big reason that we're having this debate right now, I think, is because the World Baseball Classic is also blacked out. Yes. The World Baseball Classic has been blacked out everywhere around the world. We talked about this a little bit. <laughs> so stupid. Um, except for the U.S., which yeah. is really unfortunate. Um, but I do want to talk about the, the World Baseball Classic really quick, as everyone might suspect. Uh, because, again, Marcus Stroman pitched so well. And I and I made a comment, and I think you you echoed it on, on Twitter or retweeted it maybe, that like it's about to get real irrational. If he keeps pitching well, like obviously pitching like that, you know, whatever, he gave up two hits, and I don't think he allowed any runs. But uh, it's going to get bonkers. Like it's so easy. It's so easy to dream on what, on what Marcus Stroman can do if – when his when his command is just right, and he's uh, maybe if he's refined his uh, his pitch arsenal a little bit, uh, it was really if you're a Blue Jays fan, it was really 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 encouraging to see him pitch so well against such a tough lineup. Um, not a ton of like crazy left-handed bats in that lineup, which maybe give him some more trouble. But uh, uh, I mean, Cano obviously is a huge left-handed bat, but th- that Dominican team is really right-handed. Uh, but still, uh, a real pre- pleasure to see him just go out there and pitch so so well. Uh, even on that reduced pitch count. Oh my God! Yeah, that was amazing. He just and, and especially what happened afterwards too, right? I mean, the, that lineup just ate up Andrew Miller and, and whoever else was afterwards. I forget who it was, but just, it just sort of underscored how incredibly well Strowman pitched. Uh, but yeah, you you know about things getting out of hand and, and getting bonkers. I mean, it reminds me, and you know, I hate to be this guy, but it reminds me of last year's uh, opening day. You know, uh, Strowman against Chris Archer, and he was he was dealing. He was, you know, every just pounding down. Everything was was you know right at the bottom of the zone, right, at, at, uh, you know, unhittable basically, uh, or unable uh, pitches that were people could not make good contact on. And it, it was uh, it was a great great encouraging start that he had, and then you know just kind of completely went sideways for a little bit in the middle of the year. Uh, he still had a good year. He came back in the second half. There was that thing where you know he was having trouble finishing and and getting on top of the ball, and that that seemed to set him back a little bit. And if you look at the second half numbers, they're 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 better than the overall numbers make it look. And there's maybe some things to be encouraged about there, especially if you uh, if you ignore all logic and 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 use the uh, things like xFIP, which regress the the home run rates, because I think that the home runs rates are probably going to still be high for Stroman, but. Uh, but but yeah, it, it, I mean, he's capable of doing shit like that, and uh, hopefully that as as his career continues to, uh, you know, continues on, he's going to be able to figure out how to do it more often. And and uh, uh, it, it it was encouraging. I could I'm I'm ready to give him the Cy Young right now. If you're talking about doing bonkers shit, like yeah, fucking right. No, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. plan great. the parade, like just just plan the parade. And of course, there <laughs> I'm was sure, that, I'm sure Chris uh, Sale will not be good. Yeah. No, no, he he's overrated. <laughs> uh, there was, of course, that amazing moment uh, with uh, with Batista. Uh, with Batista came up to the plate to mm-hmm. face Strowman. Batista kind of gave him a little wink and a little nod and, and a little smile. And then, of course, uh, uh, did he reach? He walked. I think Strowman struck him out once. Struck him out looking. I think he had a, he popped him up in foul territory. And I think he and I, and I think I think that was it. I don't remember the the third at bat, but. Uh, Stroman definitely got the better of, of Bautista, but he's but Bautista just looked good. He turned in some good at bats. He did walk against um, whoever came out of the uh, the beginning of that rally. I think he walked against might have been David Robertson or Pat Nishak, somebody I don't know. But but uh, Bautista drew a walk. Uh, he looks good. He looks spry, throwing people out from left field. Love it. Love seeing that arm in left field. Yeah, in left field. <laughs> 
that like 180 foot throw from like shallow <laughs> left. The two bouncer, yeah, it was good. I, it kind of I, the one bounce seemed like it checked up on him a little bit. I don't really begrudge him that bounce. But, better than uh, better than sailing it. It was a great throw. It's true, but uh, but yeah, no, it's it's it, again, it's really good, and I I believe we'll probably get at least one more Strowman start out of this tournament. Hopefully against. Um, I think he's going to start again against the Dominican team, isn't he? Who's going to? They have one more game. I don't. I don't know. I, I haven't been fucking paying attention. I have no idea. Uh, the Dominican Republic, of course, lost to Puerto Rico, so the U.S. has a uh, has has to play Puerto Rico once. Puerto, Puerto Rican team is is uh, pretty good. They beat oh, Venezuela. They're okay. They they have some talent. Yadi back there was helping them out. He was looking spry. Speaking of, yeah, he threw a Nelson Cruz. <laughs> well, Come on, yeah. like. <laughs> Yes, that's true. Can't give him too much credit. But uh, but no, the, the World Baseball Classic has been great. Watching Andrew Jones hit a home run in his hometown. Uh, watching Eric Hosmer make me eat my words a little bit because he hit a home run after I... I God, he's so bad. I can't believe how bad Eric Hosmer is. <laughs> it's like he has a like a spell. It's like Shallow Hal. He is Shallow Hal. Like he just convinces people because of the way he looks that he's way better than he is. <laughs> they they did it they did a dugout interview with Tino Martinez who's like a bench coach for the, for Team USA and he's like oh he's describing him and it sounds like he's talking about David Eckstein not like this enormous supposedly power hitting first baseman who then of course hit a home run did you, and did hit you, hit another ball really hard did you say Andrew Jones hit a home run I did I said and did I say Adam Jones no you said Andrew Jones Andrew Jones no because I'm like Jones. no because Andrew Jones is participating as a coach for the Netherlands but. The, uh, uh, the the but coaching staff. I don't believe he hit a home run. The coaching staff in this tournament is like a like an old man graying experience. <laughs> like as I can remember, just what every single coach in the tournament playing. I remember watching every single guy who's a coach be like, "Oh, yeah, I remember when he played for this team and that team." Super depressing. There's a lot. There's a lot of that. Yeah, I think Hensley Mullins was uh, coaching for the Dutch, but uh, Bert Blylevin still the pitching coach. They all they all love Bert. Hensley uh, Mullins was the so coach I, for the Giants forever. I believe, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, yeah, uh, and of course, the, the the other highlight of watching the Dutch was I got I got reunited with my old pal Buck Martinez and his horse laugh. Was is, he uh, calling the game? He was the color man on the. Uh, yeah, he's over in Japan doing like all those games. Oh, awesome! Yeah, he, he's is he doing the? Oh, oh, that was in Mexico where Gary Thorne was in Mexico. With yes, that's Moda. right. Yeah, yeah. They the were dream, quite good, yeah. The dream booth of all time. <laughs> uh, well, let's move on from the from the World Baseball Classic, other than the fact that to say uh, Dalton Pompey got hurt at the World Baseball Classic oh, yeah. uh, after yeah. raising all of our hopes ever so delightfully, uh, looking really nice and running around, making some nice catches for the um, sadly lackluster Canadian team that was, um, oh man, so bad. It was not that, good. The yeah. Canadian team was bad. And I feel, I feel for them, and I don't... A lot of people were... I don't know. It seemed like there was a lot of negativity around it. Uh, do you think the manager had anything to do with that? When he with his little piss baby rant at the end? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, can't even fill out a lineup card correctly. What is Ernie Witt managing anything for? <laughs> the team that they sent was really bad. It was fucking grim, yeah. There were yeah. like two legit big leaguers on it, I think. Right? It was Freeman. Yeah, not and like Tyler you know, O'Neill. God love Freddie Freeman, but you know, from California. oh my god, did you watch that story? The thing on the TSN put together. I oh, I think I maybe you linked or tweeted it. I did. I, I did. It was not like it. sad, man. I'm, his mom is Canadian. Freddie oh, Freeman. His mom was like born Canadian. Both his parents were Canadian. Yeah, uh, and then they moved to Southern California. And his mom never took never took American citizenship. She like refused. She was super Canadian. All the time, and then she got like cancer and and died on the poor on the, on the family. And Freddie Freeman's all how choked dare up. she on the well? Family. I mean, it's not like yeah, yeah. but it, it happened, and it was he was young and it was very yeah, emotional. No, the, the story was heartbreaking. I uh, God bless him for for putting pulling on the Canadian colors and, and playing for Canada. And then there was that amazing moment where he uh, did. Uh, did we talk about this on the last one? Maybe we didn't. Couldn't tell you. Well, it was when they were playing against. Um, who were they playing? Against? Had they played? Had they played yet? Because the, the U.S. game was, I think, on the Saturday. Oh, okay, yeah. So, so the, when Canada was playing against was playing against um, uh, Colombia, and in the last game they were rallying, trying to come back against Colombia, and uh, Freddie Freeman hit a ground ball, and Freddie Freeman is not Canadian. Like his mother and his father were Canadian. 
he's the only talented player on the entire team, like uh, on that like, level. Like literally, yes, yeah. And he ran his ass off. He dug down the first baseline to beat out an in, uh, not an in, maybe not an infield signal, but but like he did not waste a single step. He gave it everything he had. He risked like life and limb. He lifted risked the entire brave season. We're hanging on his help. And there he is, tearing ass down the line. It was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh, my God. Freddie Freeman, honorary Canadian. He can come. He can stay at my house. He can take my children wherever he needs them to go. He can sell them. Whatever. Freddie Freeman has my undying respect forever. Because that moment, just watching him just run with just reckless abandon, run down the baseline, beautiful. Beautiful. World Baseball Classic is the greatest thing to ever happen. They should play it every year, <laughs> all winter long. It should be like Winter League, tied into Winter League, and Winter Ball, everything. Love it. Uh, other than the fact that Dalton Pompey hit his face in like a Kelly Gruberish kind of way. Yeah. And, and that's no good. Um, real quick, we'll talk one more thing uh, that you wrote about a little bit, which was uh, Kevin Pillar is not as good as Kevin Kiermeyer. <laughs> He's really not even close. Kevin Kiermeyer is now rich. Yeah, uh, six-year, fifty million dollar contract uh, with a couple option years. I think on the end, I don't know. Um, maybe not option years because he's a free agent and stuff. But uh, the the inevitable question is like, well, should the Jays do this for Pilar? Yeah, and to me, the answer is a, like a strong no. Oh my god! If that's Pilar, the mar- Pilar will be like if, when Pilar reaches free agency, uh, he'll be going into his age thirty-two season. He's 28 already. Kiermaier is 26. He'll turn 27 in April. Uh, yeah, I mean Kevin and Kevin Pillar. He's a super two, and so it was, it's a little bit different. But I think he's got he's got three, four more years left with the Blue Jays. He'll be 32 when he's when he's in his first free agent year. I mean that's that is not a candidate for <laughs> for an extension, even if he you know was capable of hitting at all. It, yeah. The, like there's not there's no real case for paying Kevin Pillar unless you're the Jays and you throw something in front of him that is like very very small like a Justin and, Smoke contract. <laughs> uh, I, mean, I was even thinking what could I mean, go wrong. There, so the, when when the Kevin Kiermaier thing came out, there's a lot of people people who I interact with on Twitter and things who are very um, they have taken like a bit of a reflexive stance against the Fangraphs school of thought or against they are very much like you never pay for defense. Oh, when, every time you try to pay big money to a defensive player, it always goes poorly. Um, they'll point to the Andrelton Simmons contract, which I, which I think is fine. Simmons made three million dollars last year. Like he would in what would have been his first year arbitration. He would have got that anyway. Uh, I, the Simmons contract to me is like no big deal. He's such a good shortstop and he's such a good shortstop. He's not a center fielder. To me, that is on another level. But the things that that pull out, now right or wrong, and and Dave Cameron made a, wrote a good piece about this on uh, on um, on Fangraphs about the that Kevin Kiermaier took this kind of contract says everything that's wrong about the way that arbitration is awarded and the fact that yeah a guy like yeah. Sam Dyson or like who just got collected a bunch of saves or guys who were you know Homer RBI guys who are not nearly as good and as valuable to their team as Kevin Kiermaier the tables are so or you know it's all uneven in favor of those guys um and and i tend to agree that they should probably try to overhaul that arbitration system in a way that rewards more well-rounded players as opposed to just falling into this kind of simplistic equation that that uh you know mlb trade rumors are the guy i can't remember his name that reverse engineered it to figure yeah, out what the yeah, arbitration yeah. rewards thing um but but fact of the matter is if you're the blue jays kevin Kier- kevin pilar He's not going to earn big rewards at any point during his any of his trips through arbitration. No, I and mean, he's he, older. Yeah, he has. I, I the something I put it into the piece that I wrote for the Athletic. You know, he's at a he's hit to such a level that if there's even like a bit of erosion of his defensive skills, you're looking at a guy who you don't know if you even want to have him out there. It's true, and and. Like I mean, I, like 
maybe more than a bit of erosion because he's you know he's coming from a high elite place though i also added like, jeff sullivan looked at a bunch of stat cast data and and plays made above expected and for for outfielders and mm-hmm. uh and pilar did well but about half as well as kiermeyer and i think when they adjusted it for uh you know per 1200 innings looking at the data for the last couple of years uh you know, Kiermaier was tops of, of both the unadjusted and the adjusted lists, and Pollard was out of the top 10, uh, suggesting, and he mentioned this in the piece, you know, that, that you know, there are still adjustments that could, that can be made, so Jays fans maybe don't need to, to lose their minds too much about that, uh, especially, you know, given the debate, but there, so there are some indications already that maybe his defense is a little overrated, I don't know, that's, that, that was, that I thought was interesting, and, uh, and I mean, I'd love to see the guy hit and continue to be, an, you know, the second best or one of the best center fielders in the American League. Uh, but it could really easy, easily go the other way. And, uh, you know, uh, time and aging and guys' legs slowing down, uh, you know, tends to maybe make that a more likely possibility than him suddenly figuring out how to hit and becoming, uh, you know, an elite player on another level than what he is right now, which is just entirely the glove. I'm glad you brought that up the, the, about the uh, the new kind of stat cast metrics and the catch probabilities and the different buckets that they've kind of broken them out in because I do think it has take takes a little bit of the shine away from Kevin Pillar's um, defense. The people who the people who are going to argue that Kevin Pillar is better say than Kevin Kiermaier that Kevin Pillar is the best defensive center fielder, um, they're not the kind of people who are likely to be swayed by these kind of numbers. What Pillar does looks really nice on TV. Um, he is very prone to um, acrobatic dives and making great plays, um, but I think what the numbers are showing is perhaps those some of those dives. You know, the, he's not doing it on, on balls that are, are you calling, possible to catch. Are you calling them TV dives? Maybe, maybe a little bit, or maybe they're not TV <laughs> dives, but they're balls that he should be closer to anyway in the first place. But I don't. What I'm what I'm also trying to say is I don't mean I don't think that this revelation takes away from his reputation as a, as an excellent defender because mm-hmm. he is he is yeah, an excellent defender yeah. and if he is in just inside the top 10 just outside of the top 10 based on what these other numbers are i mean blue jays fans have seen him play every day on two consecutive playoff teams like he is a good defender he has had poor defenders around him uh which maybe has necessitated a different sort of uh which comes back into the adjusted numbers that you mentioned where if you look at where he started and uh, you know where his his um you know where he's been playing, but um, I do want to talk about Jose Bautista and how he rated in the, those numbers because I was very impressed with how with how Bautista fared in those numbers. Um, the one star catches, the ones that are the balls that are twenty five percent or or you know seventy five percent catch and above, you know the more routine plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bautista did excellently in those in those balls. The next bucket down. Uh, Bautista did excellently again. He was, you know, in 95 or something percent in each of those two buckets, like well above guys that you that would you think to be better outfielders than, than Jose Bautista. The third bucket, he did okay. Uh, and then the other two, the difficult and, you know, more, very difficult plays, nothing. Didn't catch a single one, um, which is no secret mm-hmm. that he doesn't have the range. But But I was at least reassured to see that he wasn't so bad out there as to be a total write-off in the outfield. That he is still very even-handed, very sure-handed, and able to get up. You know, I, I think it, if you broke it down, it'd be like fifty percent of the balls, like the easier half of the balls hit to him in the outfield. He handles well, so I'm good with him in the outfield for another year or two. People are trying to push him to first base. He played first base a couple innings of first base for the Dominican Republic team, which shocked some and excited others. But uh, leave him out there. He's fine out there. Left, right, whatever. I mean, you want more bats for Big Zeke? Like, what, what, who's who's taking over in the outfield? I guess they think Pierce is perhaps going to be ready to play outfield by opening day, but that implies can that he's going to throw. Steal. <laughs> yeah, well, neither can Baptista, except I guess that, I guess that's not true. I guess he can do it. It isn't true. The thing is, the thing about that kind of analysis, and though I know the data is completely, you know, a world apart, but I definitely remember sort of constructing a case very similar to what you just did for Bautista for a, a little shortstop I remember by the name of Jose Reyes, where it was like, look at his numbers on routine plays. They're very good. And then uh, the ones that like, uh, and it was like, you know, maybe that, 
<laughs> maybe that didn't work out quite so well. Maybe that was, but uh, but that I, I forget where those numbers were coming from. That was, uh, but it definitely wasn't. You know, those are the inside cast. edge, yeah, the inside edge yeah, numbers, yeah, yeah, yeah. which are which again is is a, is a, is a bucket form, but it's just the buckets are not as precise, and the inputs are not as precisely inserted into those more precise buckets with inside edge. It's still video based as opposed to uh, every movement checked by lasers. Yeah, inside edge um, but, and really also get, really getting fucked different. by Statcast, aren't they? Who? Inside edge getting fucked over by Statcast. That's. I mean, who MLB Advanced edge? Media. They that's their job. They they come on. They crush the competition. Yeah. Be it Inside Edge, be it Sportsnet. Now they don't care who you are. Those monsters at MLB Advanced Media are ready to to break your heart and kill your soul. That's why all the all the big money people want the uh, MLB AM to spin off and do its own company. Because it's like propping up the profits of baseball in general. That's what they say. Well, you know, maybe it uh, wasn't wasn't Rogers like NHL Game Center supposed to have MLB's technology? Well, wasn't there wasn't there the, some sort of deal? And the hockey like NHL Center Ice is yeah. powered by MLB AM. Everyone's watching the uh, March Madness. All the March Madness on demand is all back ended by uh, MLB AM as well. Well, the, the Rogers NHL one is trash. So. But then I think the Rogers one is it the same as the Center Ice, same as the one that's run. Oh, is it not? Oh, is it? I don't know. Services? Uh, yeah. Maybe, it, okay. Maybe the Center the... Ice looks more like MLB TV this year. Huh. And yeah, this and the college, the, the March Madness back end is all MLB AMI as well, and that's like huge demand. Those are huge numbers that are just weighing on a zillion servers all at once. Like anybody cares about this stuff. That's it. It's almost done. I agree with Ryan Braun. They don't get paid by the hour. Ryan, Ryan Braun's comments today about spring training were so good. About how the dream at bat is a uh, line drive to the center fielder for an out. He's like, actually, I, I changed that. The, the dream spring training at bat is a line drive double play. That's <laughs> Ryan Braun being like, we're not, we're not out here getting paid by the hour. This sucks. Get me out of here. Can't, can't disagree. I'm, not really. But, but it... it Spring training is big business now. It's like anything else. It's so expensive. Well, that's another thing. The Jays are pitching Dunedin. They don't want those sweet taxpayer dollars. Did they really float the idea of going to Arizona out there? <laughs> Some I saw a tweet. Somebody said that Shapiro dropped it, but then I and I think I retweeted that, and immediately someone was like, "Have you heard him talk about Arizona on on primetime sports this week?" Uh, then you would feel pretty comfortable, you know, not being worried about the Jays actually thinking about going to Arizona. So, he's a business guy. He'll say what he needs to say. He doesn't care who he gets in bed with. They're just out here trying to make money. They just, don't care about just, you. He's just out here at his fucking stand-up desk, eating way at six in the morning. God bless the stand-up desk. <laughs> I'm standing up right now. Honest to God, I got a little stand-up thing on my microphone up on a stand-up platform, standing up right now. I'm going to take a picture, put it on Twitter. But we're going to wrap the show first, because listening to me tweet is about as exciting as reading my tweets. Uh, but yeah, that's it. Spring training is almost over. World Baseball Classic is ongoing. Hopefully we get to see Mark Stroman pitch again. Hopefully we get to see Mark Stroman pitch against Jose Bautista again. Uh, one of those teams is going to probably go on and lose to Japan because that's just kind of how the World Baseball Classic works. Uh, but uh, in the meantime, enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. Even if it's not sustainable, the atmosphere and the craziness, that all the more reason to enjoy it now. Right? Fucking right. Fucking right. And, uh, you know, enjoy the IX marching their way through the big vase. I know that you will. They were so excited. The, the crowd was so into it. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, come on. The big vase. <laughs> big vase. All right, that's it for Mr. Andrew Stoughton. My name is Drew Ferris. We'll talk to you next time on Birds All Day.